What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Y'all, if you need a bye week, if you've got something else you need to take care of, you know, some errands, some groceries, some cooking, some homework, do that. You don't got to listen. This is the one time I'm ever going to tell you, you don't got to listen to us because you know what we're going to say. And and there's both nothing and everything to talk about with the crap shoot that was our game today. I don't know why I'm so angry because it only speaks good things for the future and in the long run. But I mean, that was embarrassing. Embarrassing. I, I watched that game, bro, in, the, in that first quarter. I'm like, wow. It's really gonna go like this today, huh? It's gonna be one of those. I knew after that first drive, I said, "Yeah, I said, yeah, we ain't got no answers for this, huh? This how it's gonna be all day." And it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was the essential Atlanta layover. I think we put all our eggs in the basket last week. It's kind of like that Super Bowl hangover. Coming out of it, all the emotions was put into it, and we left deflated. We came into this game. I think we just thought we were gonna come in and be competitive like we were before, and. Of course, we came in flat. You know what? It, the sting would have been worse had it been, you know, Jamar Chase going for 200 yards and putting up four touchdowns. I would have been okay with that. You know, even if it's Joe Burrow spreading the love to Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and, and whoever, and even Hayden Hurst, if he would have gotten a touchdown, it would have been better. But, and I'll preface this, he's not a, he is a top-tier running back in the NFL the way it's set up right now. He wouldn't be in many other years, and that's why he's gone so long in this game because he has that anonymity an to him. But Joe Mixon for five touchdowns and and 200 total yards from scrimmage. I mean, my God. Like, when, when you get mossed in the end zone by Joe Mixon or dropped by Eli Apple the way that Terrence got hit by Eli Apple, I was just a great – when Eli Apple has a pick and hits you that hard and then Joe Mixon's the one scoring all the offensive touchdowns, I was just, I was, it was, it was just, I was disheveled. I, that's the only word I can say. I was disheveled. It was one, it was one of those days, bro. Like, like I knew, oh man, I knew, but well, once it hit 14, nothing like, yeah, this is going to be one of those where I really ain't going to have too much to really say about it. There's nothing analytical I could tell you other than like, bro, like we, we got our ass whooped. That's about it. That, that's, that's, that's about, that about sums it up. You can't stop, you can't stop the run. And since Cincinnati looked at the Cleveland film and said, you know what? We're just going to do that. That's it. That's all we're going to do. Nothing else. There's no need to get fancy. Why should we pass the ball 30 times? They can't stop. I mean, just go run the ball right at them. And it, honest to God, everybody just looked look, look at the tape and say, look, let's just run right at them. They don't have the linebackers, nor do they have, the, nor do they have a defensive end that can set the edge. They're just running right out. They can't do anything about it. And Brian I mean, is really trying to cement the need that he needs to be traded. He's really trying to push that narrative on us, the way he played today. I would just say, you know, I want to go back to your Joe Mixon comment. I mean, Joe Mixon is a very good all-around running back. We just had no answers for him today. That's just what it is, bar none. I mean, our whole first half was five punts, a fumble, and an interception. That's quarters one, quarter two. Our starting quarterback's rating, QBR, is a zero. So when you have that going into a game and understanding the magnitude of what this means, it just shows you how we stacked up against our opponent. We had no answer to defense. First of all, they were out on the field for, again, three quarters of the game. Our offense was non-existent. We didn't play complimentary football, as we've always talked about. And secondary was exposed and the middle was exposed. 
if they ran it up the gut, they ran it to the side. Joe Mixon could just pretend like he was playing Tecmo Bowl. It was what it was. It was. I mean, and you have they had more points than we had total. I think it was total plays or total yardage. One of the two. I have to remember the stat. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous number. PJ had nine yards. He had nine yards in, in one half. And and literally, had it not been for a guy that I didn't realize was on the team and Raheem Blackshear getting you a 66-yard kick return to start, to open the second half, you wouldn't even – I don't think you would have even had a touchdown because I don't think then our offense would have gotten any sort of momentum up until the point where they are putting in the backups. When Joe Burrow left the field, I was like, are we kidding right now? Are we kidding? And the only thing that saved it is that we didn't give up a 50-burger because we've had that every season. We've had it every season since 2017 where we put up a 50-burger and that was the and that was the decline of the season. You had the 49ers, you had the of course the Steelers that 2017 year, then they had the 49ers the year after, and then I believe there was another I can't remember which team had done it to his last few years, but I know it's happened. I, I guarantee you it's at least been, if not 50 points, it's been an aggressive margin. And I knew the minute the Browns shut them out last week, I was like, oh God, here Joey is gonna be pissed as hell. He's gonna come and look at this. He's go, okay, this is a game where we can come back, turn around. You know, they played a, a close-knit game with the Falcons, so we can take it and run from it and go, okay, we're going to shut them down. Make ourselves look damn good. We don't need Jamar. Joe was saying they don't need Jamar. Both Joe, Joey and Joe were saying, we don't need Jamar. Look at I got it. We can do this. And it wasn't even Tyler Borda T. Higgins getting any, of the, any, any really, really aggressive passing yards. Yeah, once we – like you said, you know the Browns, the Browns beating the dog, being being the dog poo out of the Bengals last week. Kind of like you knew this was their get right game, and that's what we've been all year. We've been everybody's get right game. Look, if you want to get your numbers up, trying to get that contract, you know what I'm saying, done before the season's over. With when you play Carolina, that is your moment. This is your Heisman moment, my guy. I hate to tell you, you know, that's just as everybody's game heading in, heading heading the Carolina week, and then us losing that game against Atlanta. I think it took a lot out of this group. I think the the momentum you had after that Buccaneers game, and you had a real shot to win that game last week, where you had several moments where you were up, and losing it the way you did, I think it deflated this team so badly that I don't know. If, I don't know if they can recover. And for a team's confidence that that was so delicate anyway, heading in, you know heading into this new start with uh, with Steve Wilkes, I don't know if they can recover from it. I mean, not, I mean, simply put, this is not a good team. I mean, we. I mean, yeah. we can we can we can call it what we want to call it, but this this isn't a good team. The Buccaneers won today, so now they're back in the thick of things in the in the in the, in the South. So it's like right now we have we have a lot of things going going against us, and ultimately we're not good enough to overcome those things. And we don't have we don't have the depth at any position to really hang our hats on right now. Uh, we are definitely making a, a a red alert call for a quarterback uh, in this upcoming draft, as you can see with the stutter steps from our offense. I think also too. It does not bode well for Steve Wilkes with this type of game on his resume, especially off of the last two games where you saw confidence on the sideline. You saw a little bit of swag. You saw a little bit more panache as we came into these into these games. Us being over in Cincinnati, having to travel over there after the hangover game from Atlanta, that was a bad look. We were going against a good coach. A good coach has um, has has good players in all positions. Their defense is no joke, even though we don't talk enough about the Cincinnati defense. They have a very good and solid defense, um, and we just we just didn't have it in us. And I will tell you, bar none, this was a reminder game of why 
Steve Wilkes is fighting an uphill battle and why P.J. Walker has no business starting in the NFL. No, I mean, we knew that coming into it, and I already am going to just – I'm already – I have a headache through all the conversations. I'm now going to go, okay, should Baker start on Thursday? Should it be P.J.? Who are we going to go with what? And I'm like, okay, no, it's like – just stick at one spot at this point. Like you're, that's not going to do anything for your team to get you in a playoff position to play Baker. You play Baker in order to prove that the money's working. I mean, after the two picks he threw, there's no reason to not to. And I think the problem is, like you were saying, uh, Jason, I think it was a untimely loss and an untimely performance based off of how much publicity he was getting, how much spotlight he was getting, how much, con- you know good things were going his way the 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 entire fan base almost the entire fan base was pretty much behind him going into this game you saw it on twitter all throughout the week it was all all right he's a class act he's a carolina guy you know as long as he gets an offensive coordinator that he wants people want to stick with the you know the mike Vrabel route because they don't want to go the way of of these offensive minded quarterback ocs at you know at, at, at head coach and then for it to go this way you're like all right well damn like we gave you all the support and and this is what you run with it Especially as Michael saying against freaking Zach Taylor, like come on now, we can't yeah. be having that. Like <laughs> you can't Where's be doing my, that. But PJ, but here's the thing: this 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 was the game that I thought everybody, I, I thought we knew we were getting at some point from PJ. Like oh, it, yeah. we did, I, I, none of us thought PJ had turned the corner. He had just all of a sudden turned into this starting level quarterback. We appreciated what he was able to do the last few weeks in the offense. Did look better under with him at the helm. He did provide a certain spark for that team because his offense struggled mightily under um, under Baker Mayfield. But um, this is about what we know PJ can do for do for you. We we know he's due for a game where he has a couple boneheaded uh boneheaded decisions. Um, throws a couple of interceptions. Mind you, mind you, the defense didn't give him much of a chance. Like you weren't gonna have a chance in this one unless you were gonna be able to score, you know, thirty plus points in this in this game anyway. And that was my concern from the get go, right? Like honestly, I put less weight on on PJ's performance. We knew it was coming. I was. Really hoping it wasn't going to be against Eli Apple. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just not gonna give that one up. I'm really not going to because just the sheer, the the weight that his name carries in the NFL. I'm not gonna let that slide. Um, outside of that, obviously, as Jason was saying, they're a, they're a talented defense. So I'm not yes. going to. You know, Hendrickson. He or he just obliterated the entire game. He was all around the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I have more of an issue with is the defense. Uh, the first drive, and you don't have Derek or Brian Burns out there on the, on the first drive in key plays, and I, I I do not understand what's happening there. The defense really dropped the ball here. I understand Dante being out took a big hit, but I mean Keith had some good plays. He had some textbook plays there. I think CJ obviously was a big I- issue, as we know he has been. But I mean that was just a brutal performance from our defense and from a, and from a coaching standpoint as well. And I think that's going to, the coordinators that Wilkes has been tethered to, you know, one of them being his man, not having a defensive coordinator there to, to hold over. And then of course, what he was given at offensive coordinator is really going to hinder him as well. Well, let's keep it hundred percent honest. I, I think when you look at the defensive side of the ball, our biggest complaint has been the middle linebacker, that linebacker core. Right. And so when you talk about the running of today, what happened to us and how we got shredded. It starts up front with that, with that front seven, if you will. And I'm Shaq is being exposed again, as we've all talked about. You know, Shaq is on the thin, is on is on is on is on thin ice as far as showing that he's gonna be the captain and he's gonna carry carry on that legacy in that linebacking way. 
I think we've got to regroup there. Your Tim Mottos, you know, he's got to go. He, he, he's a done deal. I mean, I don't see, you know, if you look, go back on tape, I was touting him as this was his breakout year, right? He hasn't broken anything but broken my heart because he hasn't done anything that has shown any sort of splash or, or anything that try to help out on that defensive inside of the ball. So we've got some real issues there. I think the other glaring part to that too is coming off of the loss that we had, understanding that we did lose Dante, you saw no angst or no sense of urgency on that defensive side of the ball today. It was almost as if we came asleep. Like we just got off the plane, we suited up and we just came in there. I think our defense was, was basically non-existent as well. Um, but it also has to do with the fact of they got beat up on that first time down the field and they never recovered. You know, nine, play, entire, nine plays, 90 yards going yeah, like it, right down your throat. They took your soul. They, they they came out there and with, with bad intentions and they took your soul on the first drive because the the issue with that first drive was that it was a man it, it was it was a, it was a demoralizing drive because they just they just straight up said oh, look we're gonna run the ball right at you mm-hmm. and and when they do that I knew we didn't have any answers for it we don't have we don't have a linebacker on the roster that I think he's gonna elevate he's gonna elevate and step up and make plays we don't have a, a linebacker that plays sideline to sideline with instinct with instinct and can make plays like we have we've had how, how we had in the past and my, I'm sitting there thinking because all the news broke about the trade possibilities that we had with DJ Moore and Brian Burns heading into the game and, and initially I'm I'm sitting there like like nah I don't, I don't want a 2024 first rounder or a 2025 first round and I'm sitting there like. You know what? And I, just, maybe, I just, maybe I was wrong. Maybe we should have traded Brian. Look at and that's what I said. I, I I don't know if he was just you know disheartened by the fact that they were considered, which I don't know why he wouldn't see that coming. And I mean his even his quote when he asked you know about being in staying in Charlotte, did it not seem kind of like just nonchalant to anybody else? He was like. Oh no, yeah, I'd I'd love to say in Charlotte. I'd be kind of heartbroken. Of course, it's hard to read tone over text, but even hearing it, I was like, that doesn't seem like that you know passionate of an answer. And there were plays I saw him. Joe Mixon would be breaking downfield. He's walking around the blockers that he's been broken off of. I mean, he's getting you know his his swim moves have been so much less fiery these last few weeks. It's it's amounting to really nothing in him doing it. And you know, I think he had. He had the one sack and then it got called. So there's a penalty or something that negated it. And so that, that sack went away. I mean, he's just playing like he has, he you know, been been less lackluster. And then again, I still have issue with the fact that in keep third downs, both he and Derek Brown were not on the field, which there's just no, there's no, there is no, no formation. There is no concept to which that in your defense needs to exist. It, it has no no weight there but i mean i still follow along with the idea you know I, i'll take you know i'll take what we have now i, I don't really want to give it up for you know future draft picks that aren't going to affect us in this draft i wouldn't be hasty to say that i would let brian burns go i think they're all playing at what they are given you know they've been given a shafted year to be 100 percent honest they started off with a subpar coach we started off with all the stuff around Tepper and what was going on down in South Carolina, how he wasn't doing enough for the city. We're dealing with a whole offensive coordinator who shouldn't even be an OC. Then you want to substitute out his coach for his defensive coordinator, side slash assistant head coach. He's coming in with his own philosophy. So we've got a shaft a year. Um, we've got a lot of work to do. And I'm going to be honest with you, we got to do better as far as 
our vision of what this team wants to look like. Because right now, it still feels like we're, we're band-aiding a whole lot of things. and We're not really finding solutions to the bigger problems. Well, that's because that's what Matt Rule was. He was band-aided, and we see it. We band-aid. We can use Richard Gross Matos because that was his guy, Penn State. He had the history with Penn State playing there and, you know, having that history there. And then you had, you know, oh, Marquise Haynes is a bargain, and we can get the same production out of him. Heard nothing from him this year. You let Hassan Reddick go. Again, I understand you weren't going to get that money, but I think if you had to look at it, Fitterer being who he was would have given him that money. The biggest one, of course being Gilmore because I don't care what you say about his age or where he is in his prime or what the Colts defense has amounted to. It's leaps and bounds better at a depth possession, especially than what we have now, because this is what you sit. Oh yeah. You give, even if you like Dante and you wanted him to have that money, you cannot tell me right now that that money is paying off because he's not playing. He's no. got these dunk injuries every single week. He's like an NBA player for how long he's either going to be on the field or off the field. You might as well be Kobe sitting there with 80 bags of ice on the sideline. I mean, that's what he looks like now when he's coming in. So that you can't tell me that that has been made any better by C.J. Henderson or Keith Taylor. I, I won't hear it. And that Gilmore being on this team would not have been effective going forward, regardless of whether he wanted to stay or not. Hey, look, I got I to gotta extend my apologies because during the offseason, I, <laughs> I made some comments about that Dante Jackson deal that were rather glowing and rather positive, and that just they just – that just should not have been the case. Hey, look, hey, look, you 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 were wrong about your tour. I'm wrong about Dante. And now we all gotta move on and look. And how how we have to be solution based now. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we gotta figure out how we fix this. Yo, because, I wanna be petty. I wanna focus on the problem. God almighty, man. Girl, yeah. The funny thing is though, the funny thing is though, everybody that we taught us, yo, this is their breakout year. We're all like so can't like two statements. It would be my Baker statement, and it would be my Yatir Mato statement. I'm in a real bad site now. I shouldn't predict anything. To, to Shantice's point, though, we can I'll recant my statement. Look at Terrace Marshall. Good for you, man. Hey, Touchdown. Good for you, buddy. I am happy for you because you played a damn good game of football today. Yeah. He he's look he looked he looks more and more like well, it's like, you know, in the first first year, it just didn't look like anything. I didn't know what they were trying to do with him. I didn't know what he exactly was good at. The things that he's the the things he was good at in college, now he's like he's good at in the, in the NFL, using his body more, which I thought that was the entire purpose of drafting the drafting a sick for wide receiver. I didn't understand why he was in the slot, but that's neither here nor there. But now he was a lot more confident. Playing with a lot more fire, looks a lot more fierce out there. I mean, he's, he, he's going up and, and snatching the ball out of the air, and I, I, I love what he's done. I mean, I, I mean, he's he's turning into that number two receiver. So I don't think that that's a position of need for next year, at least. I think the well, we have to wait and see. It's still it's still a lot of game, a lot of football left to be played with. Like eight games left, I think now. So you want to see how how much he can progress over these next eight games, which is a lot of football left. And um, shoot, man, if he turns into that number two receiver, then you would have done right by trading Robbie, which that was the right move anyway for team morale. Um, and then at that point, man, you can give your new quarterback, whoever he may be, you know, Bryce Stroud or Anthony Richardson. I'm, I'm starting to starting to push that name out there a little bit. They'll have they'll, they will have good options, and if you can, you know, figure out the running back position, possibly Jameer Gibbs. I would prefer, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then you may have a great unit going the next year. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm torn. 
I'm torn. But go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. I'm torn though. Go ahead, Jack. I'll I'll let you you get your thoughts together. I will say this: he might be Terrace might be one of the only people that's actually gotten improvement because of Ben McAdoo being at the offensive coordinator position. They play him now like a college wide receiver because he thrive he thrived throve. He thrived. Was, he thrived, thrived, thrived. Sound right. He thrived as a college wide receiver. He did, you know, under the radar, playing with the guys he played with. He was able to make that impact when needed. The bigger bodied guy who's going to make those red zone, you know, those red zone plays. And I start to see that happen more often now. And he started using those high ball situations, whether it's on the sideline. They they're putting him on these matchups that you know Matt rules psychosis didn't ever understand that that's where he needed to be and so i think that's one of the things is that he's actually you know he has gotten improvement because he's got to be put in that spot whether that continues on depending upon who is our new offensive coordinator that's left to be seen but i definitely feel more confident having him you know go about that way which makes me still question though what dj did to ben mcadoo or what you know what he has done to get himself just gaslighted and blackballed from this offense because even today it was still like two targets i think maybe three no him and terrace had the him him equal target. i think it was six uh six targets overall for both but i will say that i will say this though i will say this about terrace marshall terrace marshall's plan to stay on the team terrace marshall's plan for his next team Terrence Marshall mm-hmm. has, has a cloud over him. So now that that part of that cloud's been lifted with, you know, Coach Fu being gone, now that he can really come in and he can actually play his position the way he wants to play. And he knows now I'm either playing for my next coach or I'm playing for my next team. And that's what I was saying I was torn about. I'm still torn on Terrence Marshall. I think he has upside. We just haven't seen what that upside potential looks like yet. We haven't given him the chance to showcase what he can truly bring to this organization or – to that position as a total inside of the NFL. The other side of it, I will say DJ Moore, I honestly think DJ Moore's head wasn't in the game just of what happened last week. A hundred percent. I think him giving his all and what he did last week to then be quote unquote, the under uh, the understanding disappointment of it, uh, of that loss. Cause I think he wore a lot of that on his shoulders, whether he wants to admit it or not, he wears a lot and that goes into the week preparation that goes into the travel. And then you come out and you know you know teams are going to go ahead, double team, you throw schemes at you. You're not going to get down the field on us. You're not going to show off and try to, you know, get retribution on us, what you did to Atlanta. So I think that that was something that was weighing over him. The other thing is McAdoo's blind, dumb, deaf, and blind. We know this. Look at Danny Dimes in New York. It has been proven at the quarterback position. How they are playing without him is, is beyond me. And so if you look at what he's done to us, He's making us a quote-unquote sufficient offense. We're not an efficient offense. We're not a successful offense. We are a McAdoo offense, which means we're not showing any flair. We're not showing any flavor. We're just going to try to get down the field, get in the red zone, and try to pick and poke until we get a score. We need something dynamic. We've got dynamic receivers. We've got dynamic running backs. Dante Foreman wasn't used enough today, if you ask me. I think there was a lot of things that we did not do that we did in the Atlanta game that we probably should have done today to kind of open up that offense a little bit more. You know, I, I still worry about this offense. With, with, with Hubbard being out, I worry about how that run game operates because I don't uh, – while I love Foreman, I, I don't think he's a every-down bell cow type of back. He's a guy that is great. He's great for the majority of the game, but having a guy like Hubbard that is a potential, you know, game breaker with that with that with that track like speed, I think is huge. I think it's really huge for for offense like this. And not only that, there. 
in the in, in the Mackadoo games that have even been good, the one thing I noticed is that it's only geared towards maybe one or two guys having a, a successful day and not an entire scheme that allows everybody to get going. So none of the quarterbacks that have played thus far, which have been only PJ and Sam, none of which have been able to figure out how to, how to distribute to everyone. It's only been I get locked in on one guy, he makes a couple plays, and that's who I'm going to. The last couple of weeks has been Terrace. DJ made plays late in that Atlanta game because he didn't have a great day throughout. But they haven't figured out how to get Chenault going. How to get well, quit throwing the ball to Tommy Trimble, honestly. But you know, he, even Tommy Trimble, they they they've not figured out how to get everybody going at the same time. And that's not the function of the NFL offense. The NFL offense doesn't function off of one guy being able to get going. That's a college offense. That's when you have a Debo Sammy, you just keep get you just keep spamming that button until it runs out. But but until they figure out how to go ahead. But that's why I know, but that's why when CMC left that first week, you saw the offense kind of open up a little bit more. And then what does he do? He gets comfortable again. He wants, okay, these are my one or two that I want to center this run. He's not he's not um evolutionary enough to say, okay, we don't have CMC anymore. I've got all of these weapons. How can I implement all of these weapons? Oh, Terrace did good last week, so we just gonna feed him the ball. Oh, DJ did good the week before. So we're just gonna feed that, we're gonna feed the offense to him. He's like What's my best one-trick pony for this game? And I'm going to ride it through. He doesn't have that that diversity that we need in, in that offensive mindset. No, and he doesn't have the vision to get any of it done. And the problem is, is I think that especially our run blocking has been one of the more abysmal things about our offensive line. Mm. They're very poor and very inconsistent when it comes to opening up holes. And they thrive off of you know, more of a spread out kind of thing when you have, like I said, having Hubbard and Foreman creating holes in different ways. If you have Hubbard doing one thing, it allows for Foreman to make other things happen when the defense is kind of caught off guard. When, like you said, the defense knows exactly what we're doing. They know exactly where to go. It's not going to be an issue for them, and you're not going to be able to get the run off. And then PJ, when he throws pass, this is one of PJ's worst passing games of his career. I mean, the first four or five, he threw the one to Terrace and got Terrace clocked by Eli Apple. Then the Tommy Trumbull one, he should have caught that. I'm not giving that to Tommy. He should have yeah. caught that. Three or four of them, though, were, were either way behind, back shoulder, opposite side. Like, I don't know what it was today. I mean, he was getting pressured, but not as much, like, not to a, a point where it was a lot more than, you know, what it had been week in and week out. Like, he's been seeing that consistent kind of pressure, and the offensive line is like, is very good at pass yeah. protection. You know, they'll let, they might let, you know, one guy out of a four man rush go, but not especially considering what we used to be, what we used to look like. <laughs> and that's what is this odd double-edged sword of our offense. We need to be able to spread that wealth. We don't have the ability to spread that wealth. And then there, he almost runs it like a fantasy football manager. Oh, you were good last week. That means you're going to be good this week. So let me do it to you again, not thinking in mind of the matchups and what is going to work with this team. And I think honestly, just defensively, you know, they just matched up better with us at, at this point. It was it was out coaching yeah. across the board. And if you just look at the way they go, they have an above average front seven and a a game managing, you know, defensive back group. And we're not going to show any risk. They went away from any sort of play action. They tried to get LaVisca in there, you know, a little bit with some of those screens and some of those sweeps. But we're not going to make them scared of anything. It's what we keep talking about. No mm -hmm. defensive back is going to jump up at all. Because they're not worried about it coming from from the run game, even with the but way we haven't ran, shown. It was but we haven't shown. That's what I'm saying, Jack. We haven't shown that we even want to utilize the pieces we have in place to that magnitude. We're not even showing that. That's my point. Nope. Like we've got, 
we've got the potential to do so. We've seen sparks of it. But to do it on a basis, McAdoo has to stop saying, oh, you were good this week, DJ. So we go, we're just going to run it straight through you for the entire day. Even and, if the first half, he shows no promise. And then, and then the, the lack of variety with how you use guys. Like, if I only use LaVisca Chenault in a screen pass setting, then, hell, I know anytime he does that orbit motion, oh, guess who is going to in the flat? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no, like, there's no creativity or sense of a sense of wonder. There's no window dressing. We're trying to set things up throughout the course of the game. Again, there's just a lack of NFL level play calling. And again, this is why I feel bad for Wilkes because this is not a situation that we knew was tenable. We knew this this situation wasn't wasn't going to be great for him because McAdoo's been McAdoo's been you know been crap for the majority of the year it wasn't like this it wasn't he all of a sudden figured it out you know he had he had a, a one decent week and that was against a bucks defense that just jesus christ is I, I mean i don't really know what to say about them at this point but i'm it's it's just it's just not a very good situation man it, it's kind of back to reality for us we had a we had our little one and a half week you know feeling of you know things maybe could turn around but it's kind of it's back it's back to the drawing board and and looking at who takes over next year and who do we pick up for next year because we have a lot of needs that aren't quarterback. We are officially no. the worst team in the NFL as of today. Yes. Yes, Jack, you can yeah. sit there, you can ponder it. You're not facts. getting off of that. <laughs> You're not getting Shantice, back me up, bro. It, it's it. facts. Look at hey, look. Who are you gonna I say? You gonna say the Texans? You gonna say the Texans? No. Cause only I watched them and they and the boys look guys. Only because they put themselves in the scenario with the plays they made, with the choices they made, hoping it would go well, knowing damn well that that was not going to go well. I'm gonna say the Colts. I'm gonna. Oh, the only good additions they made was Stephon Gilmore. And yes, you can say what you want about Jonathan Taylor's health, but they chose to go with Matt Ryan to take the helm for their team, thinking that was going to go well for them. And but I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking organizationally, though. Like, look at the organizations to organization, like. I, I got you. you. I, I I'm, just, I'm riding with you a little bit. I'm riding with you a little bit. Frank Wright ain't gonna have a job going at the end of the season. I can tell you that right now. Now, so that, well, that, that, and that's, and that's <laughs> true. I, I'll give you that. I, I say, you know, we obviously are the worst team in the NFL, just in terms of the what position we were put in. I think we're ten times better now that he's gone, and now it's just yes. coaching. And we're we're playing in spite of the ghosts of Matt Rule and the decisions that he made for this organization and how he chose to go about it. It's why Wilkes, like I said, has been just chained to not only a offensive coordinator that should not have been brought into the building, and then he has to bring his own guy up. And Al is working at a very – he doesn't have the experience to coach a defense like this. He's never made these kind of play calls. And and then going with the quarterback situation he's been put in. I mean, like, I don't get – we knew what we were going to get from PJ, and no, no one's ever really given him the trust. And so do I think he should have been benched after the second half? Not really. I mean, PJ? I don't know what. I mean, look at. I mean, what did bringing Baker Jack, in do? Ooh, you got twenty-one. Mor- you got twenty-one good morale points. Woohoo! Like, Jack, like what does that do for you at the end of the game? Let me Jason? ask you a question. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have PJ in there? We be forty-two-seven, or would you rather come in and get those twenty-one points to make us at least look like an, a, a pretty decent team? But you or know maybe. we're not a pretty decent team, so what is looking this like is, it matters? This is true. I this I also agree with Jack on this one. It's, I, look, I'm, only, I'm I'm agreeing with Jack for the simple fact of the matter is that like you know this, this, that was their third, fourth string group. 
the fact that it even got to this point where you're having to okay. where you're planning to get a third, fourth string group, that ain't that's not real. What we saw at the end of that game is not real. Like but why leave PJ in there? But why leave PJ in there though? Because I mean, you mean please. to tell me that PJ could have gotten that touchdown in the first drive of the third of the second half? That where he got the ball at the thirty three. Not the way line? he was playing today. Not the way he was playing today. Jack, yeah. not the way he was playing today. Jack, Jack, not the way he was playing today. He so, wasn't gonna turn it around today. It no, was gonna, it was only getting worse. I understand yeah. that, but like, like I said, I just I mean to me, I just didn't think there was a reason. Like I was not going into that halftime going, all right, we need to get PJ out. We got we gotta make a change. Because to me, like, what does it matter, Jason? Like we know we're not winning that game. Had it been well, 21 nothing instead of 35 nothing, exactly. then like and, and, right. and to be fair, but, PJ oh, set it up for it to be 35 to nothing by throwing the pick and That's then allowing true. for that, you know, that play at the end. The one thing that we're not really bringing up here as well is special team play today. Oh. Special team play today was absolutely abysmal. And, yes, the offense was at fault. Yes, the defense was at fault. But those couple of special team snafus that really put us at a disadvantage, I mean, those go another way. We may, to your point, Shantice, it may not be 35 where P.J.'s pressing to throw those passes and he's still throwing interceptions. The only reason I say switch him at half is because, A, you've got Baker Mayfield who is healthy. He is the money man at the juncture. P.J. isn't even supposed to kind of be in this position right now. He played a good two weeks. He was playing awful the first half. I just read we had five punts, one fumble, one interception. That was our first half. My sons could have done that with them boys come on the sidelines in the concrete. I promise that fumble, you. that fumble wasn't on him, though. I'm not putting that fumble on him. That was Spencer. That's a miscommunication with Spencer Brown. He shouldn't it. be on the I team either. I get it, but still, that's how often. But I get what you're so saying. You have to make a change. Whether it was him or Sam Donald, I don't really care. They're interchangeable at this point. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not really caring. You know what I mean? But we did need to make a change only because I didn't see PJ being able to turn it around today. His mind was just done. After that first I, half, he was just done. I, I get that. I mean, but like I saw the spark with him on the sideline, you know, trying to, you know, group the guys around. And I think they follow and back up PJ. I don't think they're really following Baker into battle. I don't, oh. I don't see that being the case. And I don't know from a coaching standpoint, you have to make the best decisions to try to make it at least manageable. If we can sit here in our soapbox and say it wouldn't matter if we lost 55 to nothing, it would have mattered if we lost, right. you know, 20. I mean, obviously if we lost 20 to 21. If we can get back to that point, that's a different story. I just, you know, I because now it's also happening at the worst possible time to have this kind of loss going into the short yeah. week. You just played Atlanta the way you did. They, I love when the NFL does that to us. They think it's great to put that the two matchups three weeks out from each other, thinking that that's going to be this great thing. When in reality, it just makes it so much harder to analyze because it's going to be night and day. You you think? I mean, if I'm looking at it from right now, it looks like it's going to be night and day. I'm hoping. They can use that as a redemption game, and then what? Like, okay, cool, a redemption game where you just almost barely beat them last or lost to them last time. So a win over them now, how much does that even give you in, as far as a redemption art goes in a short week? I mean, you kind of. I mean, you think about how different your season looks if you win that game. Win that game, your time. We're back first. in it. We're back in it. Yeah. Right, and, and if you would have lost today, which you, which probably was going to happen anyway, you at least can say, "Oh well, shit, we'll, we'll shoot." We can at least take the lead back in the division 
to have a chance to realize it, it's at least going to be a battle for the next seven weeks. We're going to have to battle for this thing, and we got and we got a legitimate shot. And that's a totally different place to be in. And then at two and seven, you lost both of those games. You lost one in heartbreaking fashion, and you just got. I mean, you got your chest caved in in this one, so it's like, you know, I mean, what what do we really fight for at this point? We know we're not a good team. We know that the season's a wash, and we got a bunch of good, we got, we got good players that are pretty much wasting another year of their career, be you know, being here in Carolina, and we got pretty much wait till next year, and I, that's the worst place to be is having to wait till next year in the NFL. Yep. You know, what I'm saying like, it's 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 the worst thing because there, there's no guarantee you're gonna get saved by the draft picks. There's no guarantee that you hit on those. And, you know, I, I mean, and, and now at this point, looking at how much we need, we need a quarterback. We know that we need a we need a cornerback number two for sure. And we need a lot. We need linebacker help. But not only do we need linebacker help, we need at all three positions at linebacker. So, it, I mean, so right now it's not like we're outside, yeah. inside, yeah, outside yeah. help. So, so I, I mean, there's, there's no quick fix for this. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. No, I think you're absolutely right. I, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just a lot of pieces you have to pick up. Um, and you're right. The worst feeling is this feeling. The only upside is Matt Rule ain't going to be in the room. And whoever it's... comes in, whoever comes in is going to have to. I think, I think we're going to try to do what's right. I'm hoping Tepper's going to, you know, really lean in and try to do what's right. I, I feel bad for Steve Wilkes because. He got dealt a bad hand again, um, and no matter how much we try to dress it up with the last two weeks, it's just not going to work for him. I don't think – I don't see it being a positive ending to this whole dance that we've got going on with him, um, and I, I hate it for him. I just don't get, for some reason, we just cannot get over the hump. It, it's, we get good, and then we bump our heads against the wall, and something happens, whether – we lose a veteran, somebody goes down with injury, or we, we just don't resign somebody for for long money. And we just end up back in a situation year over year, decade over decade. And it's very, very frustrating to be a Panther fan. Even more so is we don't even get respect from the from the refs. We can't get a holding call to save our life. If somebody can tell me the last time we got a holding call, I will buy them a beer. I I couldn't tell you. I can tell you because and it might be because our, our ends aren't getting even enough of a rush to even look like they're getting they're getting held. They're not even getting enough separation to even look like their jerseys are being pulled. I think when you when you talk about it in terms of you know the up and because when you have a football team and a well coached football team, all eleven guys are doing their job well. It's been if it's been built right, a guy goes down, the next person comes up, next man in, they can at least hold it over until a time is needed where they don't need to be in there anymore. But when you had Matt Rule there for so long, there's no leadership and no cohesiveness there for that team. So it's not 11 guys doing their job. It's 11 guys doing a job, all doing it in different fashions and different senses. There's no cohesion whatsoever. And Wilkes is still, you know, you see the flashes of it with Wilkes. He's bringing that – because you can say what you want about him. He's He is a leader of men, and he's got these guys rallied behind him. Now, that doesn't fix all your problems. That doesn't fix your depth. It doesn't fix mismatched contracts, and it doesn't fix the, like I said, the ghosts of the past that Matt Rule created. And I, and so that doesn't fix those problems, and that's where I think we have this issue where you we need it right now. We need – there's no margin of error with the players we have right now. There's zero margin of error. When things go down, they haven't been in a point – I mean, think of the last comeback win we've had. 
I couldn't tell you what it was. I can tell you a lot of times we've blown leads, but yeah. I don't, and I I I can't tell you. We had two this year. We had two this year. We had two this year that could have been the Browns game and the Falcons yeah. game. Outside of those but we've two, always. I don't. And I we've always really... been. I mean, the Falcons was the closest uh, you know example of it, and that was not a coincidence. You look at who Wilkes. That's a keep pounding guy, a cardiac cat guy who knows how to come back from behind and win. I have not seen that. We never saw that. Yeah, 2018, Michael, absolutely. And who was that with, of course? You know, who was that with? Who was still at the helm there in both respects? And because when you have a guy and when you have that presence there, you have the ability to fight back from behind. But when you have a guy like Rule, there's no drive there to fight back from behind and claw out from the abyss and, and win a game. It's not there. And so now, you know, Wilkes is doing his very best to try to create that, but you don't create that in half a season. And you don't create that when you've hitched yourself to Ben McAdoo and a not starting quarterback. So we talk about Thursday. Like I said, for me, put whoever you want up there. I'd rather, I, 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 Flip my, I'm, I'm, I'm torn because you'd say, all right, well, PJ had the hot hand, but then of course now they have a lot of tape on PJ and know what he brings to the table. But I don't think they're scared of Baker Mayfield in any respect, and I don't think that gives you. There's no quarterback that gives you any sort of pre, you know, any sort of presence or any sort of you know secret weapon over unless you. I'm not gonna say it. I don't gonna say it. You know, I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> Man, look, I think you roll with PJ. I think there's no real reason to go go back to Baker. I mean, I've seen enough of him. Unless you want to go with Sam and just to get, let, let, let him get a shot. But, I mean, there's no real reason. I, I, I'd rather just roll with P.J. still. Because even, even I mean, golly, even with, even with his struggles, he's still giving you some of your better offensive performances still. And that's saying a lot about how bad you were for the majority of the year. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, 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 like you were saying, Jack, about, you know, the, the lack of Comeback wins and a, and a lack of fighting the team show under Matt Rule. I think you. Well, I think when you have a coach now that has a sense of how to actually be a head coach, and that puts you and that changes a lot. That changes a lot of what of what happens too. And I'm not going to blame. And I know we were talking about Al Holcomb earlier. I'm not going to blame him for what the personnel is because he didn't pick his personnel. No, I agree. So, and I think a lot of the things that 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 both of these both of these guys are dealing with have been set set in stone by the previous guy. So there's not you can't change it. And you can't change it in the in the middle of the season. I mean, you you we we have just institutional flaws with this team and how it was built. So you're not going to be able to flip it all, you know, all, all in one hand. And, and I, but I will say, the more I, I start looking at the coaching uh, carousel that's going to be this off season, and looking at who's available, I I still don't necessarily think there's a bunch of candidates better than Steve Wilkes. And so and even like, you know, even for me, right, I like I love Ken Dorsey, but Ken Dorsey has spent his this is his first year as an OC. So I, so even for me liking him, oh wait, you gotta go with the guy that just got his first OC gig and he's still gonna try gonna have to try to figure out he's even had they Buffalo's even had some moments where I, where I looked at them like like whoa. You tell me he called a good game against New York today? No. I, no, exactly. No. Then that's exactly that's exactly where I was going with. I said he, he didn't call a great game against New York. You couldn't score against that Miami defense. I'm like, so I got. Is there something going on here? Yeah, I got a comment on. Hold a up. Couple of things. Wait a so, minute. <laughs> on Thursday, you talk about Thursday night with the Falcons. So two things that don't bode well for us. One, we don't play the Falcons well at home at all. We never have. Two, don't they say just it. lost. They just okay. lost a nail biter today. No, they just lost a nail biter today. 
I'll give you three. I'll let you, give me, uh, you go ahead and give me three, but I got I gotta I wanna come back to that other comment you were making. But go ahead, go ahead. We'll, 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 well your third we'll, point, your third the third point against us, it's the Panthers on primetime football. It's the <laughs> Panthers on primetime football, baby. It you're is right. Eight. You're right, you're right. Oh, you're I don't right. even want to watch. No, no, you're absolutely right. But I, I would tell you too, like I think you guys hit it on all cylinders. We just we are in this spiral again and won't have true generals at the helm. I think you I think you hit it spot on. You know, they didn't want to play for Matt Rule. And you're right, Chantice. There aren't a lot of people out there that are better than Steve Brooks. The only problem is they're gonna get the opportunity. And the reason being is Steve Wilkes got he inherited something that wasn't his, and he's gonna have to live with it. And I hate yeah. to say it in that way, but that's what's gonna happen to him. And unless, and this is a this is a huge unless, unless Tepper and everybody in their minds that be say, you know what, we're gonna let you be this, we're gonna give you the job, but OC wise, we're gonna have to have approval on that OC and try to talk through what that looks like. Got to. It, it won't be a Steve Wilkes and Scott Federer decision. It'll be a committee kind of conversation to make that happen. And then, understandably so, Steve Wilkes in the back of his mind is going to be coaching with, oh, if I don't get this right, this OC we bringing in here, he's going to be taking the helm, unless you're getting to be enemy. Ken Dorsey, my thing about Ken Dorsey, I like what he's doing. I like how he's coming up, but I don't think he can build out a staff. I don't think he has the know-how how to build out a staff top to bottom. And that's the problem I have with him. I think he needs get, about two or three more years before he's yeah. able to do that. I get very large Josh McDaniels vibes from, from Ken Dorsey in the current situation. <laughs> And not not in his play and not in his play capability. Like, don't get me wrong. Let me, let, me let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Look at the coach he's got right now. The defensive minded coach that he is playing with right now. Yeah. And, who should and, be? Who should be? Who should be our coach? He should be our coach. Absolutely. I'm just gonna say yes, that. but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that pain, all right? But look at the relationship he's built with the head coach he has and the and the and the players he's got around him. It just seems it gives off those vibes. I'm not saying that's how it's gonna go down or that he's anywhere close to what the issues that he had to the issues that he has. I'm just saying it gives me that kind of that queasiness in my stomach where I can see it. All right, here's this coaching tree and here's how it goes outside of the coaching tree. And this is what happens because of it. And I don't necessarily want to hitch my wagon to that. I agree with Michael. I've all, I've been interested in Kellen Moore for a while now. And look what he's able, been able to do with Cooper Rush. Look what he's been able to do with Cooper Rush. And tell me that has been able to, that is anything outside of Cooper Rush. Not Kellen Moore. I, I, I like, I I'm like. Not to give him a head coach outright, I'll tell you that. Do I now saying uh, what, what Shane Steichen from from Philly, what he's done there? Now again, I think he's another. Now he's another one of those guys that I think he's he's just now entering into like he's get, he's getting his first opportunities as an OC in the last maybe maybe two years or so. But I mean, I, I mean, look at what they're doing over there in Philly. You know huh? who I want. You know who I want. I want Pep Hamilton. I know you do. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's going to wait that situation out. He's going to wait. I know for that. The, I know that. But that's who I want. I mean, if you're asking I, me for an OC slash assistant head coach, he's who I want. He can build a staff. He's got yeah. enough knowledge from the college ranks to the professional ranks. Been in the league multiple decades, years. I mean, we can go back to when he was helping out with my man Jay Cutler. I mean, we we. Can, I mean, he's got he's got Leonard, and Cutler balled out that year when he was in Chicago. I don't care what you say. I see you, Jack. Yeah. I know. 
I'm not, I just, I, I, he did. He did. Yeah, this, this is true. And now he's balling out at his local dispensary. He had Andrew Luck. He, is, okay. he had Andrew Luck. He had Andrew Luck balling in Stanford. So, I mean, he, say what you want to say. But, and then he, he was also a QB coach of Justin Herbert when he first broke into the league. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so I'm saying, like, that's I, who I want. You know, here's the I kind of, my, my whole my whole thing is that I still want Wilkes around his locker room. Like I really still want Wilkes in his locker room. So I would want Wilkes as a DC. Like at least at the defensive coordinator. Like that's where I want him at. He was a great DC here in the short time that he got to be the defensive coordinator in Carolina before he got his next job. He was great. So I would like to see him in a role here in Carolina still. If he comes yeah, out of it without this without if he comes out of this without an offer, if we don't get a report for that offer, I can understand him turning down the offer. I can absolutely understand him turning yeah, down. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah. if he comes out of it without an offer, I've lost all faith. And I'm already starting, I mean, already starting. I'm continuing to lose faith in the organization in the front office based off of what we did at the trade deadline. I wasn't expecting us to break the bank by any means. I wasn't expecting us to have a garage sale, but listen to this. We've Always been wondering what the direction of this team has been since Tepper bought the team. Mm-hmm. Are we rebuilding? Or are we winning right now? This trade deadline, especially with how you went with your firing your head coach, especially with the way that we played against the Falcons, you got to win mm-hmm. and you play that way against the Falcons. You've now had two damn good da- games against divisional teams, but you clearly don't want to hit your wagon to Steve Wilkes because if you did, you would have at least there would have been reports of you trying to go. For these areas where we need help, Raquan Smith, a great linebacker that they just we didn't have the off. money for him though. We didn't have the money Damn. for him though. But I'm talking about the trade deadline. I'm talking about trying to trade for a linebacker to try to trade for someone. They didn't even have to make a report that they were talking to anybody about any sort of player. And if you're trying to win now, like they they were touting themselves to do, then you would have at least made an effort to talk to somebody. And then if you're not trying to rebuild, or if you're trying to rebuild you would have actually maybe considered one or two of those trade deals. A first-rounder from Green Bay for DJ Moore, if that's a this-year first-rounder, look it. That's So are we rebuilding, and do we want to get draft picks? Do we want to stock them on draft picks, or are we trying to win now? Go ahead, Shantes. I'm going to go after you because I got to argue. Well, well, you know, you, all right, when you think about when we, when we rebuilt last, which was like a decade ago, we didn't – like you want to keep a cornerstone piece somewhere. I like agree. you know, I, I, like like you like you don't want to come in with a cover bear, and and mainly because you you want you want the next head coach to come in and look and think, okay, there's some talent here that we can work with. We just have to build. We have to build around it. Trading away a pass rusher and Brian Burns, and trading away your number one receiver and DJ Moore. I mean, that completely resets everything. And you don't have. I mean, you're not going in with anything week week in and week out. And we don't. And, and we're also banking on that this new coach is going to be able to figure it out. In these first couple drafts, and 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 get us rolling in the right direction. That's asking a lot. At least give them something to work with. I agree. See, I I agree argue, I'm, I'm not saying we need. That's the part I want to argue is you got to have something to attract them there. I mean, we've got the draft picks. They're decent. They're not anything to be like, oh, buddy, we about to be the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I think. We've got pieces in place that make it more attractive. If you were to trade away a DJ Moore or Brian Burns, who are you getting to come here to rebuild through the draft picks that we got? Nobody. I, I agree. I agree Nobody. with that. Nobody. And it also depends on who you bringing in and what sort of ties they've got to the league. That's the other side to bringing in this next head coach. Steve Wilkes can actually bridge that gap a bit. You know what I mean? Pep Hamilton can bridge that gap. I don't think Ken Dorsey has that 
bridge the gap kind of relationship yet. That's why Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay work. That's why Matt LaFleur works. That's why Asala works. They've got those relationships in place to, and I, and that's, I keep saying that you got to be able to build your organ, your, your, your coaching staff top to bottom. And if Josh McDaniels, to your point, Shantice, that you made, or no, was it Jack? Who it said, was Jack. Gives me, you give me Josh Smith. That was his crutch. He couldn't build out his staff in Denver. That's why he was trying to cheat like he saw it done in New England, and he couldn't do it because he didn't have his staff in place. He didn't have his boys around him to make it work. That's why Salah is working the way he's working the Jets right now. That's why the Jets are working. Yeah, they had a rough two years, but guess what? They balling now, and they looking like they're going to be – a force to be reckoned with coming soon. Just like your yeah, boy probably. McVay was. Yeah, McVay, the only reason McVay's having an issue, because his boys are now head coaches in other places. So his tree has opened up a bit. You're seeing the same situation with Kyle Shanahan. His real boy is down in Miami doing work right now. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So you got to look at it how they build out their staffs. Now, you build out your staff too well, you end up losing them. But that's just the nature of the business. It's the business. That's why, but that's why I'm saying I would love for it to be a Steve Wilkes if it comes to this head coach, but Steve Wilkes got to go get Pep. He got to go get. Pep. He got he to. He, he, he would have to. Got to go get a Pep Hamilton. But but that's, that's where saying. but that's where this catch twenty two is. You have all these offensive coordinators that are doing really well that we could, but they're not going to come out of their spots where they're sitting right I don't now. Know. Pep, Pep, Pep and maybe. Steve go Pep back. Maybe. They go. They go back. They go back. And it's Pep, a home Pep, team kind of Pep thing. Will be Pep will be your best bet. <laughs> He, 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 he again Pep at the Pep at the head coaching head, at the head coaching spot was at, was a uh, defensive coordinator because you well you wouldn't have to replace him as immediate and you want to have that head that, that offensive minded guy that can at least carry the philosophy no matter who comes into play that's probably that, that that'll probably be your best bet I mean that's, that's probably what we want to roll with man like it like I said I, but that's where I just get fear because I don't think they have even any sort of semblance of where they want to go. They've got their guys that they're going to talk to, but I th- I'm afraid they're going to treat it like they treated the offensive coordinator position from the get-go. You're going to have all these names come in, and you're going to go. And now, of course, that was under Matt Rule's tenure, and he had a big part to play in that. And so I just don't know how much they're going to allow Wilkes to you know, be a part of the conversation or Fitterer to be a part of the conversation, and, and here's how That's we go about it. That's a different conversation, though. That's a different conversation, though, Jack, It is, but who is Wilkes, having the conversation? Obviously, Wilkes will be a part of who's, get, who's going to be hired or fired. If he's going to get hired or someone else is, but – if he, no, I'm if, saying, if, no, no, if I'm saying like if you're saying if you're, if you're hiring a Wilkes, you're gonna allow him a little bit more leash than you. Oh yeah, than you would normally be scared to do. You only gave it to Matt Rule because Matt Rule's oh I'm the best thing since Baylor sliced bread, and we saw what that got us. So that's where I'm just like I'm wary about how we're gonna go into the search from off the off the jump. Is my concern? Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, but yeah. but you know we got a short week, <laughs> prime time at home. I have no expectations for this game. I'd like to win in prime time. That's that's just the basis. Would love to. <sighs> Would love not embarrass myself in front of the national televised audience. You know, would love and, that. And I'd rather I'd rather just and especially especially wearing the black helmets. If we go out there in all black and make ourselves look like fools, I'm going to be upset because we did. Because the first time we broke out the all black uniforms, we lost. And then we kept losing in the all-black uniforms. And now we don't see them rarely ever because we always lose in the all-black uniforms. And it's so upsetting because they look so good and we play so poorly. Well, let me tell you, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but 
We're probably going to lose <laughs> in the whole black uniforms, but we will look nice doing it. You know what I'm saying? We cannot say that we don't look nice doing it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this game is gonna come down to the kickers. I'm gonna say this game is gonna come down to the kickers. I think we're gonna listen. We're gonna hold on, hold on, hold on, Jack. Hold on, Jack. We're gonna give we're gonna give Eddie P another another round. We're gonna see if he's gonna show up with you with with cool or whatever. I just know I think it's gonna come down to the kickers. I think we're gonna fight. I think we were very much embarrassed today. I think we got a lot to prove from the nail biter we had a week or two weeks ago. I think we got a lot to prove to our home stadium. And I think we got a lot to prove to prime time. And if I'm Wilkes, I'm pretty sure Wilkes is going to be fired up for this game because he's going to hear us. As you know, we got more listeners listening to us. So, Wilkes, if you're hearing us, we're rooting for you, buddy. But we need you. We're going to need you. We're going to need you to kind of get these boys right back on track like you had them in Atlanta because the Atlanta coming to us now. So, yeah. I, I think. I think it's going to come down to a seven-point game. I can see it absolutely. I, yeah, I, I'm hoping for it. I got, I, yeah, I got. It. It's going to be a heartbreaker. It's, it, 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 it's going to hurt. Somebody's going to be hurt one way or the other. And knowing how both of these fan bases deal with losses, and knowing how both of these teams deal with close games, it's going to be fun. It's going to be mid, but it's going to be fun. That should be our new team slogan: "Not keep pounding." It's going to be mid, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'll take that. But of course, we're going to end it. With keep pounding.